there are five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth. Amen. And to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. Somebody say, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. That's powerful. You can just grasp that one scripture. You know, life is 10% action and 90% reaction. It's 10% what happens to you and 90% how you handle what happens to you. It's 10%. I don't think you got it. It's 10% what happens to you. 10%. But 90% is how you handle what happens to you. Amen. Let's go to the, amen, our Father in prayer. Father, we thank you, God, for today. Father, we thank you for your word, God. We want to thank you for the comeback, God, of empowerment that you're taking the land. Father, we want to thank you for the comeback of our families, for the promise you have made. Father, but most importantly, God, hide me behind the cross and let you come out of me, God. But, Father, let this word impart into our souls, God, to where there's something inside of us, God, that stirs up and we can't contain it. And, Father God, that we just launch into our destiny, launch into what you have called us to do. But, Father, change our hearts and let us incline to your words. And all the saints of God said, amen. amen. Thank you, Matt. Amen. Will you put up back on Genesis 45.5, please? I want to point something out in this scripture. And do not be distressed or angry with yourselves. He's, this is Joseph. You don't know what Genesis 45 is. It's talking about Joseph. And Joseph now is, if you have a, like my Bible, it has a subtext. It's a subtopic where it tells you what it is. And it says Joseph reveals his identity. And here he's talking to his brothers. He's saying to all of his nice little, all of his 12 now. He says, now don't be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. First of all, if your brother sold you into slavery, you'd be mad. But this is what's crazy. He, he says, look, this is what you did to me. But he flips it on him. He says, for God sent me before you to preserve life. And see... This is what's crazy about Joseph. Joseph doesn't place his perspective on what his brothers did. He says, look, I'm giving you the blame for where it belongs. But what God is doing in me when I was in my setback, it's why I'm here in my comeback. See, God was behind the scenes in Joseph's life. Joseph was in jail. And many of you remember the story of Joseph. But see, I want to start off like this. See, Joseph has a dream in Genesis chapter 37. Joseph has a dream that his brothers would bow down and worship him. And if you can picture this, you got your youngest brother, right? This is Alex for me. This is Alex. Right off the bat, we see that Joseph was like, yeah, guess what, Simeon? Guess what, Reuben? Guess what, Dan? Guess what? And so on and so on. He says, hey, hey, Levi, you're going to bow down today, brother. You're going to bow down and understand that God's going to lift me up. But see, what he didn't know was that God was actually going to have him in a, through a, set, a series of setbacks in order for he can come back. Hello. Can I get an amen? amen. Sometimes I just got to keep you on. Make sure y'all awake on me. 
and so on and so on. Right then, we keep reading, Joseph's brothers plotted to kill him, and he was sold a slave to Potiphar. And he was accused of sexual assault, and he spent a good time at jail. He watched as other people's dreams come true, and he just waits for his. He still remembers his dream. He says, God, I remember this dream you gave me. I remember your promise that you told me that I would be in the place of authority. I would have my brothers bow down. He's like, but, but if you really think about it, Joseph at this time is accused, and so he's in jail. And a lot of us would be like, okay, God, I'm in a setback, and I guess I'm remaining in that setback. I guess this wasn't what you called me to do. Or maybe, God, this is not what you had in plan for my life. But see, what God was secretly doing is he was preparing a setup for Joseph. See, Joseph had setback after setback and so on until he finally reached the purpose that God had for him. And see, when we look at the scripture in verse 5, we see the weird stuff. See, he says, go on, don't be distressed, don't be distressed or angry with yourself. Why? Because I know what you did, but you only did it because it was to cause a setback in my life to get me to my promise. Sometimes, saints, in our lives, God allows you to go through a setback, not to be like, you're not going to make it. He's like, I'm allowing you to get it so you can get the training you need in order to get your comeback. And see, this goes on to say, you sold me, putting the blame, and he put their blame on them. But when we look at it, we see what God's plan all along for Joseph was actually to preserve a place, to preserve life. And see, that's the thing. It's see, in our lives, we view our failures, our mistakes, our choices. We made and life problems as a failure or a setback from what we think we are called to do. We think that some, for some reason when we fail or when God doesn't seem to make a way, for some reason we think that it's a setback. And we don't see God for what he's doing. It's like Joseph. If you were Joseph in jail, you would not be saying this line. Can I get an amen? amen. You'd probably be thinking on the way to get revenge at your family member, at the person who did you wrong. Uh, are, we, are we holding? Thank you, Jesus. But see, when we look at it like this, saints, you see, there was no way that Joseph did not think this way at the beginning of his setbacks. You don't think the same way in your setbacks. You don't ever think that God is able to do this comeback like you thought he would. Hello? Maybe you didn't understand. How about this? God doesn't allow you not just to go through a setback for a season. He allows you to go to the setback until you realize that God is working the behind the scenes waiting for you to say, Hey, Yahweh, God, I need you to make a comeback for me. Maybe, or maybe just sometimes, saints, God's like, look, I'm in the background while you're over here seeing the things through the physical. I'm in the spiritual trying to prepare you so when you get what I got for you, you're not unprepared and you're not failing and you're really preserving life. That's what God's saying in your comeback. I'm going to make sure I empower you to preserve life. Joseph had the whole Pharaoh's house. He said, he made me lord over Pharaoh's house. He could command, he could ask Pharaoh, put him in jail and kill him. But instead he said, but God put me here to preserve life. 
And that's what God is doing in your setback. Is he preparing everything for you for a setup to make a major comeback? See, his setbacks were steps that God used for the setup. And when we look at Joseph through a setup instead of this guy had it rough, if Joseph was never lied on and thrown in jail, he would have missed the setup God had, and that was the cupbearer. Joseph would have never been able to preserve life if he never had the setback. Come on. Y'all catching this? Okay. Joseph would have never been able to preserve life if he was never falsely accused. Joseph would have never been able to do anything for God if he was never in a setback situation. And even to take it further, if Reuben didn't say to sell Joseph, Joseph would have never made it even to Egypt where God wanted him to be. Because when you read the scriptures, we read it through Joseph's trials and tribulations, like, oh, poor Joseph. But when we really look at Reuben, Reuben was really the reason why the setbacks even began. Because God will allow you to go through the setbacks. And even then, he'll put people in your place to purposely set you back so you can reach your destiny. That's why I put the sermon, it's a setup, it's a, com- it's a, set- and it's a setback to a setup to a comeback. Hello. Because all Reuben was, was he was setting up Joseph for his real calling. Your setback. The dictionary defines a setback as this, a reversal or check in progress. And if you really want to get a little easier language, just for me, problem, difficulty, issue, hitch, complication, upset, a disappointment, a misfortune, mishap, piece of bad luck. So why does God allow us to have a setback? Well, saints, I'm here to say that God knows what he's doing. It may not seem like when we look at Joseph's life, like, man, where was God in all this? It's like even when we ask ourselves, where is God in our situations? Where is God when we want to outreach to him, but we can't see him or feel him? Hello. When God's not moving the way we think he should move, It's not because he's departed for you, because he says in the scriptures, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So really, God's like, look, you have a setback, but in the background, I'm setting up for your grand performance. See, God allows setbacks for a few reasons. The first reason is this, is to strengthen your faith. And see, this is Job and Elijah. If you think about it, Job had all the trials Lost, his, lost all of his kids, everything. And even Elijah, after he, after he defeated all the prophets of Baal, and he was scared of Jezebel. The second thing is this, to draw you closer. And this was David. David David's setback was Bathsheba. And even then, we see that at the child's death, he was still yearning for God. He says, do not take your spirit from me, says David in the Psalms. And, the re- and not only does God use you, use a setback, but he uses it to refocus you. If you want to see an example of that, look at Saul of Tarsus. He's Paul. On the road to Damascus, we see that Paul, or Saul at that time, was thinking that, okay, I'm doing God's will because it's what he says, because he saw Christians as the enemy of God. But God had to use a setback, which was his blindness sometimes. Hello. 
you can preach a whole lesson on Paul. But when you look at it, Saul's blindness was actually a setback for him to see in the spiritual that what really God was doing was to prepare him to get his real, get his real focus and get his real purpose in life. See, everyone had a great setback in their life. David had many from Bathsheba to the county of the people. Elijah, when he was afraid of Jezebel after God's miracles. And Job, a setback after everything he lost, Saul. But see, all fear of people could be subjugated to the same things, for God uses the setback. See, we may sup, we may screw up, we may fail, saints. But this is the thing about God, is that God will never leave you in your step back. He will never leave you in the setback. Because why? He's not, he says, look, I'm not too far. Because right behind you, your setback, I'm going to use it to elevate you and make you a major comeback. Amen. God's not, look, God's not the God that says, let me paint the whole picture. God's like, I'll paint you, I'll give you a quarter of a picture. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> Walk it. I talk, this is a race, Paul said. And that's what God's saying, is that God's like, look, you're going to have setbacks in life for a purpose, and that is for me to set you up so that you can get your comeback. Amen. You may be knocked down, or you may not even feel like you've done something in your life that, like, man, God, I can't believe I've done that. Or you may even be like, man, I can't tell the pastor that. But this is what God's trying to say, saints, is that God's like, look, you may have a setback, but if you're facing me, hello, we, sometimes we, we forget this. He's like, if your face is in me, you're not going to say in the setback, I'm not a God that lets you wallow in the clay. I get you out of the clay, and I make you into something new. Amen. I wish I'd get an amen right there. But see, a setback is a setup for why? It's your major comeback. And see, no matter what we do, no matter what life does, no matter our mistakes, God has never left the men, these men. And so will he'll never leave you. And see, the setup is the same way. It's the way in which something is planned, arranged. And see, it's interesting how when we look at Joseph, and even in our own lives, we can't see anything organized in a setback. Come on now. Think about it. Any time in your life, you can take any time you failed, any time you messed up, you screwed up, you weren't faithful to God, or even sometimes when you ain't, when you weren't faithful with your spouse, you you were, you know, hello. We got the Ten Commandments for a reason, y'all. The morality of God. <laughs> I ain't got time to say everything, but this is what it was: is that we don't see an organization in our set in our setbacks. It's never happened like that. You ever gone through the fire? If you ever went through the fire sometimes, you'll notice that you'll never have an organization of what's going on in your situation. It's impossible. It is very impossible to see the organization what God sees. Why? Because it's not, we look at it through what's happening, and God sees what's not yet, to, what's yet to come. We see what's the problem, and we see what, what, we're, what we're fighting against. But God's like, if you could see what I see, you would take the setback as a lesson and allow it to propel you forward. And, man, we see confusion, and we end up like, ah, you know, we're like, ah, SOS, help me, somebody. We see all this confusion, and, we're, and, you know, it's crazy because for some reason we're like, God, 
are you in control? Where are you? We're crying out. We're like Peter about to drown. And then there's Jesus looking at him like, okay, I'm about to help you. But sometimes God allows you to sink for a reason. If you'll pull up for me on the, on the board, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 7. But see, saints, God is not a God that has not seen your life. He sees your setbacks. He knows your failures. He knows your troubles. Amen? Amen. 1 Peter 5. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Go to verse 8. Oh, sorry. There you go. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversity, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And then go back to verse 7. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Hello. That's a promise. You can write that down in your notebook, write it down in your phone, because that, my, my brothers and sisters, is a promise from God. He says, casting all your anxieties, all your problems, all your worries, all your stress. Because why? Because he cares for you. He cares for you. And see, when we look at the setback, we're like, well, there's no, there's no order. We, you know, I'm one of those people, like, I like to order organize things. It's just who I am sometimes. But this is the problem is that in our chaos, in our things that don't go right in life, we can't find an order. Go to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 4 through 9. Proverbs chapter 16, 14 through 9. All right, where are we? Thank you, Jesus. The word of the Lord reads The Lord has made everything for his own purpose, even the wicked for the day of disaster. The Lord detests the proud, they will surely be punished. Unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Come on now. And this is verse 9. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. But the Lord determines our steps. And see, God is not a God that he hasn't seen your life. See, the Lord says he establishes your steps. And so if God is Alpha and Omega, if he's truly the beginning and the end, saints, then he's seen your setbacks, he knows your failures, he knows your lies, he knows your troubles. But he is God and he is Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's your priest. And see, this is the thing. When you don't have any, he is who he said he would be to you. See, that's the thing, is when we think that God is not in the setback, he's really in the setup. He's becoming the God who you need him to be. Why do you think the scriptures say, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? We feel like we're abandoned. We feel like Joseph sometimes, but really God's making a way for the major comeback. Are y'all still here today? See, comeback, when we look at it, Joseph... We see that he said it. It wasn't you that sent me to Egypt. It was God who sent me here to preserve life. See, it doesn't matter what you've done. God is faithful even when we don't remain faithful. 
See, so even when we mess up and even when we screw up, see, God is this God that's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. But most importantly, saints, he is more faithful than anybody on this world, your mama, your daddy, your granny. I don't care who you got that's faithful. Nobody's more faithful than God. You can take that to the bank. But see, that's the thing. You put in my first point. This was set, this is, I'm going to go down the list of why I said a setback. See, the first point is this. The setback is to point you. See, the setback isn't there to just keep you away and to make you feel like, where's God? Really, the setback is supposed to give you a direction to where God wants you to go. But the problem is, saints, is God gave us free will. That's the problem. Oh, Lord. Yeah, there it is. Free will. Thank you, Jesus, for something. Gets us in trouble 99% of the time. But this is what a setback does. It's to point you into the direction where God wants you to go, not where you think you should go, but where God actually called you to go. And see, the crazy thing about the setback, not only does it point you, it allows you to see which direction, which avenue, and which reason to do something. The setback isn't there to keep you wondering what's going on in your life. What's really the setback's there is to point you back to the one who made you to do something for him. He was the one to give you the purpose. It's the point to where you can look at it. It's like the northern star when a sailor looks at it. They know where north is because they find the northern star. And a setback is the same way. It points you straight back to the cross of Jesus. It points you straight back to where you know there's a God that's got a plan for you. And neither he's going to never leave you nor he's going to forsake you. See, saints, I want you to understand something. The setback is not bad. You fail. We're humans. I don't know where we always get this, you know, Christians are the the holiest people in the world. Man, I became a Christian, and I feel like I've done everything wrong under God's arm. It's like, my Lord. You mean I can't be angry at him? I can't be frustrated? What do you mean? But that's the great thing about the setback. The setback is not there to defeat you. It's to set you up so you can succeed. You fail in life, it's okay. You may have misplaced your trust. As a matter of fact, you may have done some things in your life, saints, that you're not proud of. But the setback to God is the most crucial step you can take. Because if you never set back, you can never have a comeback. If you don't let the setback point you to where God's going to make your comeback, you'll never get out of it. So you'll always stay remain on the past and you'll always remain on the problem, but you'll never focus on the one who's pointing you towards the real salvation. Really, it's like this. We're coming into Passion Week. Woo! I thought y'all get excited about Passion Week, man. That's fired up. You know, that's the that's the time we get the triumphal entry. You know, Jesus dies, boom. All of a sudden, you know, boom. Satan's madder than a hornet's nest. But really, this is, this is what's crazy about Passion Week. Even Jesus almost had a setback because Peter was trying to set back Jesus to stop him. But Jesus said, what? Get behind me because I got a job and I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to set me back, but I'm going to use what you're trying to do to launch me forward to what I got to be called to do. See, the setback's never to 
keep you in this ray or it's not supposed to make you feel like there's no hope or there's no way. See, God says, for I am the way, the truth, and the life. And anybody that comes to the Father must go through the Son. And that's the way. Is the setback is to point you back to God. It's to point you back to the point to where you were first fell in love with Jesus. That's the point, saints, is the setback's not there to just say, hey, look, you screwed up and you're going to be this way forever. You're no good sinner. My gosh, it's sometimes how we think God thinks of us sometimes, like, that's probably what he thinks about me. But God says, no, for this is what it is. It's not to keep you there. It's to allow you to change, to change your perspective. God never wants to leave you in a situation. He actually wants to excel you out of the situation. That's when free will comes in. you got to choose to let the setback point you in the right direction. Because if you try to get a hold of it, saints, or you try to be like, okay, well, I think this is where I'm going. This is what I think I'm called to do. And God's like, but I set you back so you could see your real purpose. Joseph's mentality when he was beginning with the dream was twisted. He saw his brothers bowing down, and that was it. I got the honor. But the crazy thing is God actually set, had to put him in a setback to see that he was really there to serve his brothers. Hello. He thought he was going to get the highest position to where they bowed down. But really his job for, from God was to serve. Put my second point up there. This is cool. Second point. God's setup is to motivate you. God's setup is to motivate you. And this is what's crazy, and I found this cool about Joseph. <laughs> is Joseph's motivation was on God. So God's setup, while he's in the background, while he's working out everything for you, is to motivate you. It's not, this is what's crazy about God. God, you should be, be motivated to do the things of God without a pastor telling you to be motivated. Because why? There should be something inside of you, saints, especially after a setback, that you're like, okay, okay, God, I know what you can do. You've already done it in my life. You've done it in this person's. You've seen it in the church. Shoot, if you've been to Victory Life, you know God's moving, and you know, like Pastor Raymond said, there's a new spirit. There's a new wind coming in. So there should be something inside of you that's like, okay, I gotta, God is motivating me to do what? To do something. He's not just going to sit there and be like, okay, I'm just going to allow here and sit back and drink my sweet tea and make you work for it. I'm going to make you work for it. But I'm going to motivate you to get to where I want you to go. It's like motivating a kid to do homework. Trust me, it's hard. Siblings, you ever sit a kid down and say, all right, what's one plus one? And they're like, kindergarten, they're like, they just sit there and start counting like all the way to five. It's like, no, no, that's not it. So you're like, Ugh. but it's crazy. It's the same way God motivates us. Sometimes God's like, he looks at us and he's like, I didn't put you in that situation. You got into it. You put yourself in there. So now I'm going to have to offer some up that I know will draw you out of it to motivate you to get back on course. Maybe you didn't understand. You, we put ourselves in more situations than we need to be put in. God don't put 107 million setbacks in your life. 
okay? God just wants a few setbacks and be like, all right, you're good. Thank you, Jesus. We're getting you to your goal. Instead, here we go, like, woo! Setback after setback because why? We have that free choice, but at the same time, we don't understand God's motivation yet. See, our motivation here is to save souls, right? But if your mentality is still on the beginning promise and not understanding the actual depth of the promise, you'll never grasp it. See, God has to motivate us sometimes to get us to do something that's out of our comfort zone, out of ourselves to do something for him. And see, that's the thing is God sets you up so he can motivate you. Think about it. God promised you in a lot of the scriptures, he's like, I will never leave you. That's a promise. Or sometimes we're like, okay, God says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. There. I ain't gonna say nothing. I'm gonna get in trouble. But this is what it is is that God's motivation for you is to excel you further into your destiny. Because why your setback makes you feel defeated, and we just sit down in our chairs like all grumpy, all depressed, all alone, like man. And God's like, Do you not remember what I promised you in the beginning? You were doing so well at the get-go, but something happened along from point A to point B that you forgot that point C is where you're supposed to be, and you're stuck at point A. So what does God do? God has to sit here in the middle, and it's like a dog chasing a steak. He has to offer him food. It's like, come here. Come here. It's like how I called my dog Jackson. Come here, boy. That's what God does. Except he doesn't say, come here, boy. Be careful with the dogs. But this is the thing, saints, is that God has to offer you things that are appealing to your spiritualness. He wants you to be, he wants to motivate you with things from the spiritual to where you want it so badly. You'll stop feeling sorry for ourselves. We'll pick up our cross. We'll get our butts up. We'll put our, we'll put on our bootstraps. We'll march right back into the battlefield, and we'll remember what God said he'll do. Amen. But see, that's the thing, is a lot of times things we get so stuck, stuck in the setback is that we look at what God's motivating us for, and sometimes it's like, I don't even know if it's worth it. But see, God's like, you don't see what I see. While you're in the setback, I've set up everything you, he says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things shall be added. And that's what God's doing. Your setback is just a hindrance. But if you turn it around and use God's motivation, it actually is your slingshot to get into your destination. See, that's the crazy thing. God's setup is to motivate you. But really, we should be old enough now in our walk to where we, we don't always need God to motivate us like a new believer in the church. We need, we need ourselves. We need to be like, man, I've understood. I've been here for so long walking this thing out that now it's time to get up, act like a soldier instead of acting like a newborn that can't even pick up a toy. I need to get up and start walking even though it hurts, even though it feels like I can't do it. Even when you feel like you're going through a dry valley, God is at the end motivating you. 
It says we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Hello. God's setup is to motivate you. Can I get the worship team up here? My third point is this. That's beautiful. Love one another. I'll preach on that too. Shonda, love one another. That's another good comeback. But see, this is the cool thing. The comeback is to empower you. That's your major comeback right there. It's to empower you. Why? Because God knows that if you can get past the setback, he can set you up to empower you to make the greatest comeback. See, you're not down and out because you allow, you're not down and out just because you think you are. It's when you make the choice that you are down and out. Maybe you didn't understand. You're not down and out when you make mistakes. You're not down and out when sometimes you slip up and you're like, man, I failed God. You're not down and out when you're not a good husband or a wife. You're not even down and out when you allow situations to confuse you. You're down and out when you stop allowing God to empower you. Because God, if he's truly what your faith is building on, saints, then that's your core power. I don't need a good Shabbat to get me empowered. I don't. I don't need this great worship service, even though it's awesome to have it, get you in the presence of God. I don't need it because why? I should already have the power source inside of me. Amen. There should be some. Jesus said, I'm sending you someone that can keep the peace with you. I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you somebody that can comfort you. So really, if your faith is, bound, is based on the biblical Jesus that I serve, the God who imparted the Red Seas and yet can heal the dead, right, bring the dead back to life, heal the mute, heal the blind, then I know where my power source is. It's not in man, nor is it in the things of, that I do, but it's in God who empowers me. But the, the reason why the comeback is to empower you it's because it's launching you further into your destiny. You've lost ground. So what does God have to do? God has to take what you thought you've lost, and he not only gives you back more, he doubles it. It says in the Bible that whatever the locust has stolen, God's going to restore it. See, saints, that's the thing is the comeback is to empower you. And see, if you really, if you wrote this down, you'll, you'll see the amazing thing of Joseph. See, the step back is to point you to God. It's like passion. When we look at Passion Week, our focus isn't on what happened. It's on who was in it. See, God's setup is to motivate you. Why? Because he's bought you with a high price. And he's called you to do something great, saints. And then when you look at the comeback, it's to empower you. Jesus didn't stay buried. My power source isn't Buddha. It's not Allah. It's not Muhammad Ali. It's not even the president. My power source said, I'm coming back. He says, I'm coming back. 
Maybe you don't understand. He said, my God said he's coming back. I don't know about you, but that empowers me. I don't know about you, but God has empowered me. Why? Because he's called me to do something. And if he told me I'm coming back, then I can make a comeback. He died, and yet he rose again in three. And he says, the same power that lives in me is in you. It's crazy. We believe God for all the miracles and things in the Bible, but when it comes to 2019, a simple setback, we don't think God has the power like he did 2,000 years ago. See, saints, you have to get connected to the power. Just because you failed, just because you're, just because you messed up, just because you screwed up, just because the things in your life don't go the way you planned, it's okay. Because God's got to come back, come in your way. He's got something that's going to come out of you and is going to empower you, and that's the Holy Spirit. That's why he said, I'll never leave you, saints. That's more powerful than anything I could ever preach, anything Pastor Billy Graham could preach. It's God's word saying, I'll never leave you. I'll never leave you, saints. The comeback is to empower you. Why? Because when you come back, you're filled again with the anointing. You were dried up for too long. Some of you have been dried up so long that your setback is like, man. You're just in there, just like, man. And God's like, I need you to come to the point to where you understand the comeback is going to empower you. Because once you get out of there and you end up here, I got something on the other side. Something that you can't even imagine. Something that your brain can't even fathom. He's like, Saints, I need you to get out of what you're seeing and start seeing through what I'm looking. We see only a part, we see a block of what God's doing. He paints a picture, we're like, God, what are you doing? We're like, He's Jehovah. He's Elohim, He's Jehovah Jireh, He's your provider. He's Jehovah Nisi, he's your strength, he's Jehovah Rapha. Saints, I don't know about you, but this is what's crazy. Put up Psalms 126, 6. I'm going to use the opening scripture to close this message. Psalms chapter 126, 6. you want me to do God 
but I failed. I messed up this time. I've let him down. And you're crying, it says. You weep. But this is what's cool. Shall indeed come again with a shout of joy. Somebody say, come again. Somebody say, come back. Because they are going to come back with a shout of joy. Bringing in seeds with them. You're going to end up more with what you came in with. Just because you thought your setback was going to destroy you. God says, if you can look through my eyes, I got something more bountiful on the other side. You got to understand. He, said, he says, go to and fro weeping. Okay, I understand. Your setback was bad. It was terrible. You may have screwed up. You may have jacked up. Like a lot of us, we jack it all up sometimes. Thank you, Jesus. But they come back with a shout of joy. You've ever been saved and you know what it feels like to be free of sin. You know what it felt like to be lost. You know what it felt like to be alone. You know what it felt like to be just... just. You understood what it felt like, saints. Your setback isn't there to contain you. God's way to have you make you have a greater comeback. Why? Because he's not saying, I'm not going to leave you here with nothing. You came in with nothing. But now, just because you set back, I was really setting you up to preserve the life. Saints, you got some, some of y'all, I don't know what it is with everybody's situation.
I'll go home and I'll read about it, blah, blah, blah. I want you to take this word to heart. Because life is not a joke. We go through daily life struggling. And God's like, just because you had a bad day at work doesn't mean I'm not preparing you for something better. We got to get our mentalities out of we've failed into looking at what God says. No, your failure is actually leading you into your success. But you got to have the right perspective and the right power and the right foundation. And on this rock, I will build my church. On the rock of Jesus Christ, I will build my foundation. But Father, we thank you, God, for everything you're doing. We thank you, God, just for your life-changing power. And we thank you, God, that you're setting us up for a major comeback.